Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to Life Origami podcast. And today we are touching upon a series of interviews uh, talking about how to make the most out of 2021, uh, how to make 2021 count for the business you love. And for each episode, I have a separate guest invited to provide their business knowledge, ideas, wisdom, um, experience, and share with you what they lived through so that you can use their experience to make the most out of 2021 in your business. Today, we have an interesting guest. Uh, his name is Chris Anderson. He is a high achiever coach. He helps entrepreneurs put together podcasts to promote and grow their business. And uh, today we will touch upon the life of Chris. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me, Alan. Super glad to have you. You're the first interviewee uh, who is on our podcast with this brand new launch. Awesome. And uh, today we'll get to know more about Chris, about his lifestyle, about his practices, about what makes his business grow, uh, what helped it to grow, and uh, generally, uh, generally uh, all around about Chris's life and business. So let's start with getting to know Chris. Uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about your background and where you're from. Yeah, so I am from Indiana uh, in the United States. Um, my background really, it's funny how I got to be doing what I'm doing and it started, I used to be an athletic trainer. So working with sports teams in school, helping them improve, get over injuries, uh, be higher level performers within athletics. Um, and I was in that for multiple, multiple years. And I, I realized I just wasn't aligned with what I was really created to do with my potential. And so looking kind of, uh, inwards and and also outwards like what made me tick what did I really enjoy doing what where did I get my energy from and what really kind of filled me up and I realized I loved helping people in general level themselves up uh, and then I realized I had done a lot of that within people's talents and skills and and provided that guidance for them starting kind of their side gigs their side hustles uh, and and help them kind of lay foundation for building that uh, to become something more than just a side hustle. And so I realized like, okay, this is, this is what I really love. Like I love and am so passionate about doing this. It helps people. It helps them help more people. I'm like, let's do this. Um, and I got connected into podcasting through uh, Lewis house. He's a big podcaster out there for uh, lifestyle entrepreneur type individuals and, and just really fell in love with what podcasting could do. Um, helping people share their stories, help market their businesses, just help expand their reach in such a simple way. And so that's kind of what led me into doing pencil leadership as my podcast, which then translated into me uh, doing a business around it, helping people do the same thing with their podcast and then making that part of their business model so they could use it to scale. Okay. So uh, podcasting is uh, part of the marketing strategy and a business model. Cool. Yeah. Um, let's look at uh, the idea of uh, where are you most productive during the day? Like, uh, are you a night owl or a morning lark? How did you find your productivity time? Yeah, I definitely, uh, am a morning person. Uh, I'm, I'm way more productive in the morning. Uh, a lot of times because I get up earlier than everyone else, um, earlier than my wife, earlier than all our animals. And so, uh, it's just that quiet time, that peaceful time 
in the mornings where I can really focus and really get things done that needs to be done. Um, and then by late afternoon into evening, I've kind of, kind of made all my mental choices. So I've, I've had that kind of mental fatigue coming in that you, so I'm not as, as sharp then I still get things done, but the majority of my product productivity is in the morning for sure. Do you believe that's due to your, um, uh, life through sport, that sport is more about like starting in the morning uh, or what made you realize that mornings are your thing? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think part of it has to do with that. Just sometimes we had, um, athletic things in the morning before school would happen, but yeah, I guess it's just always been, I, I mean, I think even as a, as a young kid, I was always up early, uh, just waking up early just cause my body wanted me to. So I think it's always kind of been part of my genetic makeup almost like that's just how I, I run better. And in college I would be getting up at four or five to go work out before classes. And I always picked the earlier classes so I could get them done and be done for the, for the day and have all that important stuff out of the way. So it's always kind of been in my mind, like just get it done early, focus hard. And then you can kind of quote unquote, relax a little bit uh, as the day winds down. All right, cool. Uh, tell a little bit more about like, okay, we, I understand that uh, you found yourself uh, in the field of supporting people, uh, mm -hmm. helping them to actually make important decisions in their life, uh, stepping up, voicing themselves, making themselves, let's say, shine to the public and known. Um, are there any additional things uh, that go in line with your business passion that um, actually is driving your day-to-day -day life? Like, uh, it, is your life fully about business or you also have like side interests that make you uh, even sometimes not even go to sleep at, uh, at the right time, for example? <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I definitely have big dreams, goals, aspirations with what I want to do outside. I, I love animals. We have a bunch of our own and, and I, I see that being part of something I'm a part of in the future, um, whether it be through business helping me do that. But so I would say by that, um, I don't, I don't know. I always joke. I say, I see a zoo in our future <laughs> or, oh, or right. some sort of an, animal sanctuary. I love uh, I mean, we foster dogs, we, we help with the rescue and we have a bunch of our own. So, um, I, I've always seen something like that, um, possibly in our future connected into that, maybe a nonprofit or something and, and especially something with kids. So those two areas are really big in my, in my heart, like helping animals and helping kids. Um, because I mean, obviously kids are our future and, uh, I believe, I mean, God created animals too. And so we have a big role to play to take care of them. Um, so as far as keeping me up at night, though, I, I honestly think it, it's just, and it goes to kind of, again, my genetic makeup and who I am is always wanting to improve, improve myself, improve uh, our home, improve the business, improve, it, it, I mean, and it sounds corny, but improve the world. I mean, improve the community however I can. So I'm always like, those are always run through my head, uh, especially kind of at night is like, how can I make things better? Like, mm -hmm. what can I do to bring more value, make a difference. Uh, and so I, I think that would kind of be what kind of keeps me up at night. 
Okay. Uh, out of out of those things that you're saying, like how to make better, do you have any specific um, ideas or things that you would say that uh, this is, let's say, a, a driving mission for me currently? Like this is mm. what I'm working towards day in and day out or towards, right? Because um, one thing is having a business, but what's your why yeah. behind it? Yeah. And, and right now, and I hate putting a number on it because I don't want it to sound like egotistical or, or for me, for my purpose, but uh, it's just easier to track. So Pencil Leadership's goal is to impact a million lives in a positive way. So that if, that's through helping them start a podcast so they can share their story um, or bringing them through coaching so they can step into their purpose, into their potential and really um, make an impact. Because I think if, even if I can help like a hundred thousand, but each of them help a hundred thousand, like, you know, it, it's a ripple effect. And so that's kind of the number I gave it. Um, but that's just because I want to, I want to help so many people see their potential, um, uh, because it goes back to, to my past. And when I didn't see it in myself and when I didn't realize I had much worth. And so growing through that, I want people to understand that they're uniquely made and that they do have potential and a purpose that can really make a big impact on the world. Very interesting. So uh, basically, one of the missions is that uh, going through a journey of self-discovery, mm -hmm. you found how you can help others also do the same, find their yep. voice, find their purpose and do their own thing. That's very cool. Um, yeah. um, that's, that's an interesting thing that we will dive into it in the uh, partially in the part we will talk about self-awareness. Uh, I won't jump into it. I, I want to, but I'll wait <laughs> right. a little bit. Uh, so uh, basically today's talk will be divided additionally into several parts. We'll talk about balancing life, right? Making important decisions between family, business, and self-care. We'll mm -hmm. talk about goal setting and how to achieve goals and practical ideas about productivity. We will touch upon uh, several questions in terms of helping um, uh, build a foundation for scaling a business right through attracting help into our lives. Um, then we'll touch upon, of course, self-awareness. Uh, that's like, I'm super psyched to ask you the ideas about how do you actually manage to build that self-awareness and find yourself? Like, what was the epiphany? What, what were the tools or what helped you? So we'll get into that for sure. And also touch about the importance of the surrounding and what, what in the surrounding uh, led you to having what you're having currently in life. So let's start off with life balance. Let's talk about uh, running a business, right? That we're passionate about. We need to learn to balance family, business, and of course, take care of ourselves as entrepreneurs because without us, there won't be no business, right? There, there won't be right. anything <laughs> yeah. happening. So how do you manage to be in all those places? For sure. And it's, it's, we, I have conversations like this with people all the time and they're like, well, I don't have, I got kids and I got the, my nine to five and I got the side hustle I'm trying to build. I don't have the time to work out, take care of myself and all this. And I'm like, yes, you do. It's prioritization. Um, and so you have to prioritize and you have to be creative sometimes. Um, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to that guy. He's like, well, I've, you know, that the, we have a newborn and I'm trying to work out, but, or I'm trying to write and I'm trying to do this. 
And so working out is hard because sometimes the baby just wants held. And, and I said, well, think if you're holding the baby, yeah, you're holding it, but can't you do body squats? Can't you do some lunges? Like, can't you um, just lift the baby up and down and, and like uh, above your head to do like a shoulder thing? Like you, we got to be creative, but still be able to improve our health. Um, and so that's a big one I hear is the health portion because um, things get prioritized above it, which is understandable. But if we don't realize, like you said, if we go down, the ship goes down, we're the captain of it. And so yeah, that's, that's a great uh, conceptive idea about mm-hmm. actually being creative about yeah. what you're doing and combine, combining those two together. That's, that's yep. fantastic ideas. Uh, what uh, in, in your life, yeah. right? When we balance and, and, and those so, things, right? What else can you say about that direction? Yeah. And that's one thing that my wife and I, we've, made it a point that we have a date night every week. Mm. Um, and that's not always going out and spending time and things and driving places, but that, that might just be, Hey, we're going to kind of just chill and we're, we're going to watch a movie or we're going to do a board game, but spending time together and, and improving our communication so we can build that relationship because without her, I'm not where I am today for sure. Um, because she's, She's been such a big impact and has helped me because of her strengths. Um, and so uh, those are, those are the important things. It, it's gotta be, we've got to take care of, excuse me. We have to take care of ourselves because like I said, if we go down, the whole ship goes down and then it's our relationships. Um, so if you have a significant other uh, family, you gotta, you gotta take care of them because if not, it's going to trickle in everything else. And then the business comes comes third in my opinion some some might disagree with that but uh, i think if we're not doing our duty as taking care of ourselves and and as part of a family uh it'll it'll transition over into business so yeah just you got to prioritize that time and it doesn't have to be multiple hours a day but enough that you are growing with those relationships in a positive way all right uh, can you give some life hacks uh, or some insights about how do you manage additionally? Like you said, right, we have to prioritize. We have to uh, take care of the significant other with like mm-hmm. investing the time, right? Scheduling, yeah. right? As you said, scheduling yeah. time is important. Uh, but positioning, let's say, self-care and relationships on first two uh, positions and then mm-hmm. only business. Um what ideas do you have in terms of uh, actually being able to sustain the business? Because for, for many people, when they start launching a business, they put business as a priority because it's a means of uh, survival at first. Then mm-hmm. it grows uh, and scales and becomes a means of uh, providing the life they want, right? They, it's yep. usually not the other way around where you already have a foundation, right? And the, you are not surviving, but you're living. And then you mm-hmm. start a business. Many go into business in a survival mode and they put the business as a priority and then everything else suffers. What, what kind of insights can you bring in terms of what you've been through? Yeah, because I've done the same thing when I started. It was all, I've got, I've got to get this business going. I've got to get results, blah, blah, blah. And, and it took away from, from self-care and from relationships. And so all that turned into like a negative situation because I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not taking care of uh, my wife. I'm not investing there. And then it just all kind of snowballed in like a stress anxiety situation because I was focused on the wrong things. And, and when I shifted that to, 
take care of myself. Now take care of my obligation and my duty to my family. And then I'm going to take the right action within the business. The stress and anxiety lowered and really almost went away because I, I understood that I didn't have to force everything. If I did things in the right order and took care of what I needed to, then as long as I'm taking those actions, things were going to start happening. Cool. Let's dive deeper into finding that balance and talking about mm -hmm. uh, specifically making the right decisions and setting priorities, right? Uh, mm -hmm. What helps you to find the right actions for your business, for it to grow rather than standing stale while you take care of everything else in life? Yeah. And that's the big one is you've got to figure out what matters with the business, what's going to, going to push that needle forward, um, raise that needle. And, and a lot of times myself included start when starting out, we want to do everything when we want to be everything to everybody. And, and we need to really hone in and focus on what truly is going to shift that needle to, to get more results, to get us at that next level and kind of cut away the fat, trim all that fat away and get rid of all the fluff that we don't necessarily need. Um, what to really kind be? of, uh, so a lot of people want to jump right into like big elaborate websites and, um, all these different bells and whistles that, that can come with, um, like uh, online, um, programs to hold your courses, things like that. Starting out, you don't know, you don't have to have all that if you're doing coaching, if you're doing something like that. And so, uh, and they throw a bunch of money in ads before they even have their, their target, message down things like that and so they're they're all over the place instead of focusing uh on on things that are going to get them results and get them going in the right direction then they can add in things as they grow and as they can scale and, and even delegate some of that mm -hmm. but um also taking into account your procedure on day to day like how mm -hmm. do you make decisions like we all have and like there comes a point where we have a to-do list that is like super ever-growing how do you make decisions within the business to do the right things? Uh, yeah. I, so really what's going to be the money-making activities? What is going to push that needle forward to, to bring in the, the revenue to help more people? Um, and so that would be the, the adding value and getting in front of more people. So just trying to extend that reach. Those are the big ones um, at a high level. And, and so um, everything else, the, the logistical aspects of like the website, the SEO, the ads, the things like that aren't as high priority right now because we've got to get that solidified even more before you got to scale in the right order. You got to do things in the right order and, and systemize things in the right order. Uh, and, and if you skip steps, if you try to do things sooner, you're going to, you're going to struggle. You're going to see it's a lot more difficult. All right. Um, about like really seeing, uh, your life holistically, right. Taking into account that, uh, we have ourselves in it. We have our family in it. We have the business. Um, do you have something like an ideal life scenario prepared or how far ahead in life do you plan things? Yeah, I love that question. Um, I definitely have big goals planned like 10 years out. 20 years out. Um, but with that being said, I, I plan those, I write those goals down and then I, I, I don't worry about them. Mm -hmm. uh, I focus on the now. 
because if I'm if I'm staring at a mountain and I'm trying to get to the top and I'm staring at the peak and I'm not watching where I'm stepping now, I'm going to get tripped up and I'm going to get falling over things and it's going to slow my process and it's going to, I'm going to end up getting hurt or, or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I know where I'm going. I look at the peak. That's where I'm going. How often so, and how Let, let's, let's imagine like, let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, introduce yeah. as much practicality into this talk as we can. Uh, we like, uh, I believe majority of the listeners uh, heard about uh, those higher ideas. What I want to really get out of you is mm-hmm. how do you do it? Like, how do you really it, take into account? Like you have those big goals. Uh, where are they in your life? Like, are they on paper? Are they in a digital yes. document? Are they on a wall? Like, where do you keep them to not forget where you're heading? For sure. Yeah. I write them down in a journal. I have a journal just for my goals. Um, and so I have, I have, like I said, like 20, 10, five years, one year, six months, and then the month we're in. So different goals that I have written down. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I touch base with those. I come back to those. Um, How often? So, so the, the, like the year and 10 year and 20 year, uh, five year ones, uh, I usually hit those like once a month, every month, kind of okay. hit those longer ones and rewrite them just so I remember. Um, Oh, and during ah, the, so month, the process course. is basically you, you set yourself those goals and mm-hmm. to solidify them in your mind and focus on them. You don't rewrite them in a sense that you make new ones, but you actually write them down by hand to make the neural connections and keep yeah. remembering it, strengthening yeah. that yeah. vision. Oh, right. So basically, so basically like I write the 20 year goals, like what in 20 years, what do I envision? What do I want to be at? What do I want to hit? And then reverse engineer it. So where do I need to be in 10 years? Okay, now where do I need to be in five years? Where should I be in one year? Or what do I need to have done and so forth? And then, so each week that points to my weekly and daily actions that I need to take um, to kind of build on that. Do I always hit them? No, I mean, I'm not perfect. No, I don't always hit them, but I regroup and I, I know where I need to go. Super. Um, and also let's look at the idea, right? We've, we've touched upon that we're in business, especially when we are solopreneurs, we have an ever-growing to-do list. Like we, daily, we get more and more and more ideas and must-haves and other stuff that we need to get going, like touching uh-huh. in every aspect. Like let's, let's think about even the idea that, okay, the business consists of so many things. Like when we're starting, um, the business can consist only of several things, like providing the core service and doing accounting, right? Just mm-hmm. having the financial part covered and doing the service right. itself. The more we start growing, the more things come into play, right? Uh, potentially like outsourcing and other activities that we need to take care of, track and so on. Uh, tell us a little bit, how do you plan your week with that ever-growing to-do list? Uh, mm. And what helps you to be daily productive? What kind of tools, uh, systems, or what, what are you using that keeps you going and focused on a daily basis during the week? Yeah. So basically, as, as that to do list grows, and it, it's, a, it's a funny thing because, from my perspective, like, yes, it's growing, but it feels like it's not growing mm. because, like, I'm, I feel like I'm catching up. And so now it's just the next level kind of thing. And so mm. it, to me, it's a weird, but I use, so to do that, I, I've really um, enjoyed and found success in using uh, the Pomodoro technique. Okay. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, mm-hmm. but for your audience, basically what that is, is I set a timer just on my phone 
uh, and why that timer's going, it's uh, 60 minutes, so an hour, and I'll be working and I'll focus on work, whatever the, the, the task is at hand that I need to get done. I'm focusing on that. And when that without timer goes off, right? without distractions, correct. And when that timer goes off, uh, I have it set for a 20 minute break. And so I do 20 minutes of a uh, quote unquote break. Now that's not going to go chill and watch Netflix. So, so my breaks are just doing something not business related. So, I mean, mm. I'm still a human. I still have to-do lists at home as well and things I have to get done around the house. And so that break could be, I'm going to go do the dishes right now, or I'm mm. going to go, we have chickens. So maybe I got to go take care of the chickens or maybe it's, um, I am just going to go kind of walk outside a little bit to get my mind off it. Or maybe I'll read and, and do the personal development in that aspect. So I'm still getting things done off that to-do list, um, but it's not business related. It, so it's it basically the idea that you're resting through refocusing of the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. How many cycles do you do per day? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I. I want to say it's like 12, 10 to 12, 12 cycles. cycles. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you, yeah. you're basically, uh, your day is structured in a way that you have 12 hours of work related activity mm-hmm. and in between 20 minutes of uh, some things that yeah. take into account, like eat food, uh, household stuff, uh, health and everything else. Yeah. How do you manage yeah. that? It's uh. I don't I so I do intermittent fasting too. So food comes later anyways. Um, but I think it's, it just starts getting up earlier. Um, I mean, I don't get up crazy, crazy early five, 6am. Um, so nothing, <laughs> not crazy, just fine. No, I mean, yeah, that's already so, crazy early. Like for, for, for some who wake at nine and I 10, guess that's true. Yeah. So I get started early. Cause I mean, again, it goes back to being that, that morning lark and, and getting things done. Um, now those, the 10 to 12, that's a good day. That's a really good day for those. Now, obviously again, and I, I, I have to iterate this cause I don't want people thinking, Oh gosh, I can't do that every day. I'm not perfect. And things come up and I, I have to break the cycles because I have to take care of whatever came up, like whatever that is, or I forget I had something which doesn't happen that often, but so, so don't think you have to be perfect and, and have that much, even if you did four cycles and you're being productive, like that's good because you're going to get so much more done. Do you have any ideas how you actually um, prioritize in between business related tasks? Like we, uh, especially as solopreneurs, we have to focus Mm -hmm. on everything, right? As we say, we have to provide the service itself. We have to engage into sales, into marketing activities, other business related questions. Uh, do you have like any specific uh, framework of how do you approach those things during the day or during the week? Um, yeah, I plan out the week by each day, like what I need to get done. And I'm usually front end heavy during the week. So I put a lot more tasks in the beginning of the week because, mm, okay. um, because I mean, my wife, she's a teacher. And so like come Friday and stuff, then she's off. So that gives me a little bit more time to spend with her. If I don't spend as much Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with her. Uh, and so, yeah, I try to, I try to front end my week uh, and get a lot of the things done so I can kind of not have to do the 10 cycles later in the week kind of thing. Are you a person uh, and a businessman that rests at the weekend or you still do your thing? 
uh, I take, I, I do one day of rest. Um, uh, but other than that, no, I'm still doing work during the weekends. Um, but my, and my rest also is not necessarily again, lounging around doing nothing. Uh, my rest is maybe I'll do a woodworking project. Cause I do that just as a hobby. Uh, maybe I'll do extra reading. Um, maybe it'll be, that'll be the day we kind of go do a, a bigger date night where we go and spend a day doing something. Um, but yeah, I do take one day of rest. Yeah. Okay. Quote unquote rest. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to touch right here uh, on, um, on a question about self-care, taking into account that you have such a heavy, uh, let's say, idea of how you're scheduling your day. Uh, mm-hmm. But okay, let it wait till the time where I planned it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Another question, I want to uh, introduce a lot of uh, practicality to this idea. Uh, As we said, business demands a lot of uh, attention uh, in all directions. For it to grow, we need to have um, the right things done on a monthly, on a weekly, and on a daily basis for it to constantly be growing and being able to be sustainable. That's one thing. And growing is another side. So can you uh, give our listeners some ideas of what do you do on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, and on a daily basis to keep your business growing? For sure. Uh, So my schedule, the first week of every month, I is all heavy podcast. So for my personal podcast. So I I batch record the next five inline episodes, five or six, the first week every month. Uh, and then I'll take one or two days during that same week to edit them, upload them, publish them, get all the social media stuff created. Um, that way, the next four weeks, three or four weeks, the podcast is already ready. Everything's good and coming out with that. So I don't have to worry about it in case something does come up. So that's the first week. That's already planned uh, like into to next April. Um, and so other than that, so the next tasks are, okay, what content do we want to put out to add value? And then how are we going to connect with more people and warm them up to what we do and how we can help them? So those are the big ones. And then as they get warmed up, obviously it's, it's a little bit easier to bring them on to help them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That, so those that, are the main that ones. Sound, that sounds like, uh, let's say, a monthly strategy. Uh, mm-hmm. What about weekly? Uh, if we focus yeah. on a week-to-week thing, like, or are there any specific things that's uh, on certain days or certain uh, parts of the week where you know that this is my growth-related activity? Um, not so much a specific day. Um, I, I usually have Thursdays as like calls um, with people towards the end of the week because uh, they're a little bit easier. What kind of calls? But, Are they like uh, uh, like cl- with- client calls, coaching calls, uh, prospective calls. Um, Cause we do, we do breakthrough calls. So it's just literally we get on and we, and we give them like three actionable steps so they can um, take action now and start seeing improvement. So we do those. Um, but the, the majority of that is, during the week is how can we just continue to add value today? How can we connect with more people today um, and just spread awareness of what we're doing? Because I mean, we're, we're still in my perspective, ratherly small and, and not to the point. 
um, where some other companies are. And so we, we still need to do a lot of that manual outreach and organic outreach. That's the, that's a big part of it because without people, obviously you're not going to be able to grow. And so again, you that's that why. Daily? Yeah. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, how does that, how does that uh, look like, if you don't mind sharing about oh, sure. what, 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 what can uh, entrepreneurs uh, that do want to grow their business, uh, what does really outreach mean mm -hmm. and how to do it in an organic way? Yeah. Uh, so just finding where your market one hangs out, where they're going to be. I mean, a lot for a lot of people, it's going to be like Facebook groups. Um, maybe Instagram, maybe LinkedIn, just depending on what you're doing. And so you got to know that first, obviously, and know what problem you're going to solve. And then once you do, uh, just get in those groups and add value. Answer people's questions. Give, give your insight. Give your advice on posts. Post valuable information. Uh, and then I would suggest starting your own group that's connected with what you're doing um, and, and start and just inviting people. And say, hey, we're going to add value here. We'd love your insight, love your perspective on things as well. And just kind of grow that community uh, and then add value there. Uh, I think those are the two big ones you could do is just touch base, have that engagement with your, your target audience, and then just build that community because it's going to increase the amount of warm connections you have, which can lead to, to more clients or more referrals. Or, mm -hmm. um, so that would be my two big ones is just engage organically don't be a robot just hey I, I saw you post that that's really cool like how long you've been doing that or oh, I checked out your profile after you posted that and I see you're from Quebec you know awesome like I've never been there what's it like and just be a person like what would you do if you met someone at a at a networking event in person or just at a party in person hey yeah, I like that hat you're wearing like that's really cool man my name's Chris what do you what do you do kind of so um so what yeah, about, just what would you say for the more shy uh, audience that will be listening to us? Like this does demand to be not just only more extroverted in the moment of reaching out, but also feel feeling comfortable doing it, right? Feeling yeah. a genuine interest in people uh, and how to uh, do it for the more shy audience uh, that is out there. Build your confidence. Uh, that's a big and, and that just comes from action just doing it, just trying it. When I started, I was not, and I'm an extrovert. When I started, I wasn't the best. I'm still not the best. There's still people that can do it better than me and come off more organically and um, less, less, I guess, quote unquote salesy. Like I, I don't try to do that, but I'm still not the best. And so just practice and, and know that you're coming into that conversation from a place of true, like, I just want to know about them. I just want to add value. Don't come at it like, oh, maybe this guy will be a client. Maybe, maybe they'll buy this from me. Like, just come at it like this person seems like a really interesting inter individual. And I want to learn more about them because maybe I can help them. Maybe they know someone that can help me or maybe they can help me. Uh, and that way everyone can win in the conversation. All right. Uh, out of your, let's say, 10 to 20, 12 cycles per day of productive work, uh, of work in general, um, what would you say, how many cycles do you dedicate? How many hours do you dedicate to that specific activity daily? Yeah, I would say that's, I would say probably at least half. Oh, wow. So basically, did I understand correctly uh, for all the, all the people listening, you spend six hours a day reaching out to people? 
Yeah, either reaching out, engaging in groups, adding value in my groups, uh, or just having uh, continuing conversations with people. Wow. So how much does that out? So around 30 hours a week, you invest into nothing else, but just being in the communities where your target audience is, reaching out, adding value, communicating and connecting so that that's your scenario for half of the work week right yeah because and that's where so with everything else the systems like to produce a podcast and and to do all that are kind of in place so it doesn't take me a whole lot to get that stuff done and and, uh so and that's like i said that's the biggest part uh is just being able to spread what you do connect with more people and and really grow that audience and the people who have come into contact with it Mm, very interesting Uh, while like additionally talking about growth uh, for all the solopreneurs out there for sure for entrepreneurs who are also are with a small team it's super important that uh, we really cannot do everything ourselves, right? We get to a point where we need to do so many actions to grow and develop our business that we just, the time, we, as, you know, as people say, we wish there were 25 hours per day because it's just not enough. Um, at that point, we need to learn one key thing that we need to learn to outsource. Mm-hmm. We need to learn to ask for help and... Um, what kind of advice can you give to such kind of entrepreneurs who are actually more or less alone in their business and uh, are struggling with the time issue and productivity issue due to that? What ideas can you give them on the topic of outsourcing tasks? For sure. Yeah. And if, if that is the case, you definitely want to look and see either what you're spending a lot of time doing, um, so like for me, the next step would be outsourcing some of the connection, the engagement stuff, which is kind of in, in our, in the plans right now. But, um, so what's taking a lot of your time or what do you just really, really, really not enjoy doing? That's just taking away from your, your positivity, your like, positive emotions. Um, and, and then see how can that be delegated? How that, how can that be outsourced to someone else? And I know, I mean, there are a lot of people in the Philippines who do a great job for very, very cost effectively. Um, and so there are definitely ways to do it in a cost effective manner to invest back into the business without spending a whole lot, but, but really making a big difference by being able to outsource that. What was the first thing that you ever outsourced in your business? Um, I outsource calls with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so c- closing um, and then outsourced, uh, some of the, some of the kind of scheduling stuff, getting, getting guests, getting calls scheduled. Uh, and it's all just part of the system now, which is good. Uh, but that was the first thing, um, that I've been able to, to outsource. And like I said, looking into outsourcing some of the connection stuff to take down some of that time. What was the so. most reliable thing, uh, in, in the outsourcing, uh, that you can recommend to people like I, I believe majority still uh, they have ideas about the like the Fiverr and freelancer or whatnot right. but w- can you give some real practical uh, from your experience what did you use 
and how much uh, did it really like what was the real cost of uh, getting things outsourced compared to what you would have done yourself so the funny thing so my my things that have been outsourced it's come from the engagement and the communication I've done and given and in organic outreach. So I actually connected with a handful of people and they came back to me and said, Hey, like we want to work for you or can I work for you? And I'm like, well, yeah, I dude, it's, it's a crazy story, man. I got to write a book about it. But, um, and I was like, well, Hey, honestly, like we're not at the position to, to pay employees yet. Um, and they're like, well, what about just commission? Like what? A, and so this was the sort of closing stuff. And I was like, well, sure, let's do it. So it was crazy. Yeah. Just kind of attracted that conversation. Never thought that would happen. They came back and it, they've been a huge asset, not only just for, for having the calls, but the meetings we have and being able to bounce off people ideas with others who have that same mindset. And, uh, the main Micah, the main one, main guy helped me he's been he's been awesome um just for that like even if he didn't close like just being that kind of sounding board um outside like my wife and stuff like just helps kind of get that that energy that excitement to Mm -hmm. the next level having someone on the same kind of mindset path talking like um i have it myself uh i believe many of the listeners will come across the same question um take into account that you are selling uh your services, your, mm-hmm. uh, let's say your message, your mission, your ideas through interaction with other people. Mm-hmm. How do you manage to outsource um, the question of closing the calls? And what uh, helped you to build out, you know, that framework where you know and trust uh, the closer to deliver mm-hmm. what you are actually doing? Right. And that, yeah, that came through a lot of meetings, communication, making sure we were on the same page that he understood uh, what we were presenting and how to present it. And again, I call it luck, call it attraction, whatever you want to call it, call it a miracle. Like he is, he was right on with everything, like super excited about the mission and what we were doing. And um, so it's been, it's been really, it was a lot easier. I think some people, I'm sure someone's, people have had bad experiences where they bring someone on and they're just, they're not on, they're not on track. They don't understand. Uh, and so it, it goes back to just to having that communication with them, mm-hmm. explaining the process, like how you've done it. Cause obviously you'd be doing it before um, running through that. And then just making sure that they understand um, what information they're sharing and what they're offering. Uh, so it, it's more smooth, streamlined, uh, and you can even have them record the calls, so you can kind of look at them like or rewatch them and say, okay, hey, yeah, you did good there, but maybe maybe hear about when you offered it or whatnot. So there's always ideas to improve. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, I think okay, let's let's touch upon this point as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point of first hire in the business. Uh, what do you believe from your perspective, uh, touching from your experience and the entrepreneurs you worked with, uh, what is the most important first hire for the business and how potentially to make that decision of what is really the most important hire? Yeah, that's a good question because I think it's different for, for different people. I think 
I mean, you hear a lot of people hiring virtual assistants first to take some of the, the administrative work and scheduling and things. So that could be a good one. Uh, the outreach could be another good one um, because that is a big portion of it. And so I, I would lean towards those. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Micah, he, he just kind of came back to me and asked and I was like, sure, why not? And so it just fit. It was just really good. But um, yeah, I would look at what's taking a lot of your time that can be delegated that someone else could do um, fairly easily and work on that. That's where I would start. So a lot mm. of people, it would be outreach or it would be the admin, the scheduling and things like that, that VAs can do, virtual assistants can do. Uh, so that's kind of where I would, I would lean towards guiding people to start. All right. Uh, touching extra a little bit about marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you believe is the most important step in the buyer's journey and what to do to maximize the conversion there? Yeah, that, that's a great one because, man, the whole journey is important, I think, because, I mean, they, they di- get different touch points with us and they get to see more of our mission and how we're approaching things. Um, I think I think the first touch point is really important because that's going to be like, okay, am I going to continue like listening and being a part of this and kind of growing closer with this individual or this product or this service or is it going to be no that's totally not me peace out <laughs> like so i think that that's a really big one um but i think how we're nurturing it is big so how much value are you really adding are you giving enough before you're asking for something i think is is really important um and so i i would say that was probably in my perspective is the most important because once you give enough and you understand their pain points and you've been giving towards that. When you go to ask it, it, it it's going to be a lot easier because they've already seen you. You've already helped them. So did I understand correctly? So your core idea in the buyer's journey is uh, the point of building authority in the client's eyes as the mm. major focus point uh, of uh, basically building a brand, right? So the mm-hmm. brand building as a core focus uh, to efficiently convert clients further. Yeah. Uh, in Okay, uh, let's look at that then. Uh, in brand building, in reaching out and providing value, what do you believe is uh, a must-have to build that authority and build that brand? You got to know what your values are. What do you stand for? What's the business? Like, what are you not going to waver from? Um, is huge because that's going to direct what you do um, and how you help people. So I, I would say that's the key one, knowing what your your value, your values are um, within your business. And then obviously, what pain do you solve and for who obviously is the next one. Uh, so those would be the top two things to focus on. Mm, great. Let's then let dive into, you know, uh, the understanding uh, of um, self-awareness uh, and uh, running a business, right? Working mm-hmm. with people, uh, leading people, uh, it really demands a lot of effort to build the self-awareness, uh, to self-develop. And can you remember what was the number one thing uh, or system that gave you a massive boost to your self-awareness? Like what was... Uh, maybe uh, like in my life, I had that experience where one thing totally transformed my worldview. 
did you have some uh, similar experiences or uh, maybe lesser than that, but something that influenced your self-awareness? Yeah, and I think it goes back uh, just to my time in high school, going to college, and, and I've shared this story before, um, but just dealing with that depression and, and the suicidal thoughts and everything and just not seeing my worth was the start of it. Just getting me basically to that low of low where then in college had mentors come and kind of show me through my faith in, in God and everything like I have worth. I was created for a purpose. And that was the big turning point, like understanding, like no matter what, like it doesn't matter what title I'm given, what group I'm a part of, what job I have, like if all that's gone, I have self-worth, I have potential, I have a purpose even outside of all that. And so that was really the pivotal moment. And then I, I started growing with that and just learning more about myself through, through just scripture, just through like silence, like listening and then mm. listening to other people, listening to other people. And, and when they said, Hey, you're really good at that. Or wow. Like I never thought about that. That's profound. Or that's a really good insight. Like, and you're just like, well, I didn't, I didn't think it's anything special, but so those are big moments. And then obviously there's assessments you can take to learn more about who, who you are as a person, what makes you tick. And, and those have helped. The Enneagram was big for me oh, um, nice. and some others. Yeah. And some others. Um, so all that kind of, it, the process started back then in college and then I just continued to grow and just listen was a big one. Listen in silence, listen to other people and listen to those assessments. Mm, mm, very nice. So, um, Basically, as you said, listening to what people reflect back to you from interacting or un yep. like seeing you from a side and reflecting uh, about what you have in you. Very interesting. Yep. Uh, that's a really beautiful point. Uh, I want to touch upon an airgram. Um, mm. I am a core believer, fan, practitioner, uh, and uh, all the way in believer in the Enneagram. Awesome. Um, Tell me a little bit about your experience uh, touching the Enneagram and how was it? Like, what was your yeah. first acquaintance and how uh, did it, what kind of impact did it provide to your life? For sure. So I am not an Enneagram specialist by any means. So uh, it's a newer, a newer thing for me, but I really liked it. I found out that I was a one. Um, and so I, I think that's the reformer if I'm right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it really kind of, it was cool to see just what that meant in the Enneagram sense and how the description of a one is constantly wanting to improve things and constantly, but also when they're told, Hey, good job, or you're doing good. Like they don't believe it. That's kind of their weakness almost. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, I like thinking back in my life, I'm like, yeah, like whenever anyone, anyone tells me, Hey, good job, or man, you did really good there internally. I'm like, yeah, thanks, but not really like, and so seeing all that, looking at my past, connecting it into that. And then like being able to see through that, like when I'm not aligned, like the negative guy, like when you have a bad day or something like that, you, you, you have certain traits that, mm -hmm. that come up and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like thinking back in the past, like how I acted sometimes or, before I kind of was started that growth, like, man, that, that hits a right in the head. 
Uh, and so it was really neat um, to be able to see that and, and what strengths kind of are within the one where the kind of the weaknesses are uh, and then where the kind of the, how you kind of translate in a healthy and in an unhealthy state. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely profound knowledge. And for me, mm-hmm. Enneagram was one of the first um, personality typing tools that I've ever encountered. And okay. for me, it was just like, you know, I, I got chilled because the first time in life I actually read about myself on paper. Yeah. That, that was mind blowing. What were you? Uh, what number uh, were you? Type seven. Type seven. seven. Okay. Yeah. My wife and, is six. So. Oh, all right. Uh, and um, just the idea that... Now, what I love about the Enneagram is that it doesn't put on labels, right? It's it's a tool for self-improvement rather than sticking yourself into a a certain type or modality and just fixating who you are. It's the constant self-development and growth tool. And yep. uh, yeah, I, I love the Enneagram for that. That's that's really great. I, I'm actually excited. I, I see uh, as much as there are people who never encountered the Enneagram, there are people who did and just understanding what kind of impact it made on their life is, is just uh, so fascinating to see. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right. Deep listening, reflecting, listening to what people reflect to you, uh, different tools like the Enneagram for self-reflection. That is beautiful. Um, let's look at the idea of self-perception and perception of life. And um, this, is, this question is more for those who are on a journey of growth uh, and are still, let's say, building up their business to mm-hmm. get their income to like 5K, 10K, maybe 15K yeah. a month. Uh, what I want to touch upon is uh, first, where are you at personally in, in terms of your re- monthly results or year- yearly results? Mm-hmm. And how did your self-perception and perception of life change due to uh, having that change in income compared to like <laughs> having an average wage and uh, being where you are now? Yeah. And so again, my journey is, is a little bit different. So I went about it, how you would say, or people would say is not the right way to do it. So usually you say, do your side hustle, get it built to a point where it's covering X amount of dollars compared to your, your nine to five job. Well, I didn't do that. Uh, I just couldn't get past the, the, the calling to quit my nine to five cold Mm. Turkey and start this. Um, and so that with that, my journey just looks a little bit different and, and quote unquote success looks a little bit different because yes, I'm making close to the 5k a month, but because I'm not, I didn't have a nine to five, it basically took that position, basically what I was doing before. Whereas when you're making, when you get to 10k, 15k a month, then things change because then you can invest a lot more back into the business. Mm. And and so I don't ever tell anyone just to quit their job like I did because it's it's man it's crazy it's a it 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 really is something man it was a journey but getting to the point where I am now even though not necessarily seeing a big financial change compared to what I was doing in my nine to five I feel so much different like 
my perspective, like, no, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not doing all this yet, but like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And that's the cool thing. Like I'm helping more people and I get to sketch, set my schedule. I get to create um, and do what I love doing every day. And it's not dictated by someone else. And so, and so I foresee as things keep growing like they are, yes, things will, it'll change, but there'll be new problems because you'll have more money that you have to um, take care of and, and be able to then invest back correctly. And so it opens up new problems. Like a lot of people, I think Grant Cardone says it like, you don't have a money problem because you don't have money. <laughs> like you just are paying the bills. But when you start having money, then you're starting to have money problems. Like, and so I think that's kind of where I am. And it's an exciting thing to be able to like, just kind of create my schedule, create this life and see where it's going and see the results I have had. Um, but again, mine's a, a, not a, it's, it's like a unicorn. I don't recommend people just quitting um, cold Turkey and, and jumping into something. Cause it's a big, it's a big shift and it's a, it's a lot. And uh, I'm just grateful and thankful for what I knew going into it to get to where I am now. Um, and I'm excited for, for 2021 for what's coming down the pipeline. So then I can continue to scale and grow even more. Um, but again, just like what I tell people, it, it's in the right order. Beautiful. Um, out of the whole journey you've been on, what do you believe? Like, uh, maybe it's an action, maybe, um, well, like something else, but what actually influence your growth of the business? Hmm. That's a really good question. What influenced the growth of the business? I would say getting my ego out of the way. What does that mean? Not thinking I know everything, no matter how much I researched and read and learned that there are other people that are at higher levels that are going to have insight that I can't find just by listening and reading. So, so stepping out of the way, to allow things to start kind of happening on their own instead of trying to force everything was a big one. That's, that's a big thing I've learned that if you do the right action, you take action daily, but you're not trying to force it. So you're not going into those conversations saying, Oh, this guy, okay, I got to get this guy. I got to, he's got to be a client. Like, just like, I just want to know about this person and can I help them uh, and taking that stress and taking that pressure and, and stop trying to force a, uh, square peg in a round hole kind of thing. That was a big one. And when I did that and when I listened again, when I going back, just listening to, to my coaches, to my mentors, to my, my circle, like, what are they saying? And, and it just kind of guided and it kind of molded what my business turned into because it fell so much into my strength and what I wanted to accomplish. Everything came together in, into that. And that's kind of me stepping out of the way with what I wanted originally it to be and it transitioned in what it should be mm, okay very interesting uh tell me about now before we jump into surrounding because you touched upon having mm -hmm. a powerful surrounding that helped you to do that um and i'm so psyched to ask you more but here's a point where we could touch upon self-awareness and specifically 
um, having a busy lifestyle and having self-care rituals. Mm. What kind of rituals you have and yep. how they are supporting you. For sure. Working out, yogurt, yoga or stretching, vis- visualization or meditation, um, and, in, and getting into scripture for me, for my faith. Um, those are four main ones for sure. And then um, I would add on breathing in those moments where you're like, maybe you're overwhelmed. When I get overwhelmed, when I get in those cycles and they're going and I'm like, something's not going like I want it to. And I, I feel it kind of all bubbling up and something. I'm just, I take a micro break, even within those, those scheduled times. And I'll just sit and I'll just take some deep breaths and just kind of recalculate, refocus. Uh, so I would say those are the five ones and breathing being one of the big ones too. Cool. Uh, but can you share how do you distribute them to fit in nicely into your schedule? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I guess basically my morning routine has a lot of that. So first thing I do when I get up is make my bed to start it off with discipline in uh, a win. And then I go into my, my scripture reading um, and my prayer time. So that's kind of my meditation and my listening time. And then kind of taking just a short stint of visualization in the morning, like, mm. okay, this is where I'm going. So I also, I write it down, but I also visualize the future and then, okay, this is what I need to do today. And then after I do that, then I kind of get started with, with my gratitudes, my journaling, my planning of the day real quick. Um, and I, and so in that I plan out when I'm going to work out because some people say you got to work out right in the morning, get it done. Um, first thing. And I used to be that way. And sometimes that's when it fits. And so that's when I do it. Uh, but, but a lot of the time I do it like in an afternoon, because it's almost like for me, like a, a nice break relief, like get to go work out, work out the frustrations from the morning, if there were any, and just kind of, um, get out of that, that zone. Um, and so I make sure to schedule that in and then the stretching, the stretching really just happens whenever, uh, during those 20 minute breaks, do some downward dogs, do some cat cow, do some just hamstring stretches, whatever it is, uh, just throughout the day. Mm. How long does your morning ritual take? Um, I would say it takes an hour, hour and a half, maybe. Mm. So you wake up around five and Mm -hmm. you're going into work around seven. Yeah, roughly. Mm -hmm. Because I work from home. I work from, from my house. So I don't have to, I don't have that travel time and stuff. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So spreading out uh, your work time during the day. um, Let's look around about who surrounds us. What are the people next to us and what is actually influencing besides our inner game around us is what, what is the support system? So the first uh, like idea is that Jim Rohn said it as well. Your income is the average of the five closest friends how was and is your surrounding important to a growth and success? Share some it, ideas and insights. Yeah, it's, it's crucial. It's crucial. Um, and it's the analogy, it's the picture, it's the visual that I, I share. You have two pieces of fruit and one's rotting. The other one will rot if it's up next to it, if it's in, in vicinity with it. So that causes that other fruit to rot as well and to mold. So you have to be careful who you're, 
putting around you because if they're toxic, if they're negative, it's going to, it's going to, as much as you don't think it might, cause you can handle it and you can, it's going to start having a, having a toll on you. Um, and so I think it's, it's super crucial and it's, it goes back again to what we're listening to. Even if you're having all the news on that is constantly negative, constantly talking about the negative stuff going on. Yes. It's okay to be aware, but if we're constantly listening to that and tuning into that, then it's going to kind of seep into our, our thought process, our mindset. Um, so I think who you surround yourself, who, uh, a mentor of mine said, who has your ear, has your life and who you tune into, you turn into. Um, and I think those are right, right on for sure. Mm, all right. Uh, taking into account that you've been in a long journey of transformation, you quit, quit your job, you started your process of building up of, uh, your thing. Um, who, who in your life were the most influential uh, personalities that mm. assisted your journey and helped you to get where you are now? That's a good question. So obviously my parents have been super supportive. My wife, Hannah, they have all been crucial. They've all had given me the support, the motivation, the encouragement needed in those hard times with it. Um, so that, that being super close, they have played a huge part. Uh, but I would also say people like uh, Lewis House, if you know who that is, he's the podcaster, lifestyle entrepreneur, um, Napoleon Hill, just in his books. Um, and being able to listen to some of his audios played a huge part just from what I took from it. And that's one big thing I, I want people to understand. Maybe you don't know anyone yet. Maybe you don't have anyone yet that's a positive influence in your circle physically, but you can create your circle. You can create who is in your circle, who you listen to, who you get information from by listening to their stuff. It doesn't have to be someone in person. Uh, so you can listen to John Maxwell's stuff and get that leadership, that motivation there and still have that positive influence. Um, you can listen to other people, uh, read their books. It's the same thing. You're still building your circle. If you've read, if you've read Napoleon Hill's think and grow rich, he talks about the, the mastermind is all in, in, in the head. Uh, so they visualize Abraham Lincoln and, and Henry Ford, different people, uh, that are part of their circle and they visualize them talking together and giving advice and direction and things like that. So just, again, you don't have to have them physically there because maybe you don't have that right now. Maybe you don't know or haven't met those people, but you can still create it through different forms of media and even in your mind. So it's basically consuming their uh, message mm -hmm. is already, let's say, a virtual mentoring process that yeah, helps absolutely. you to be more focused and in tune with what you need to do. Absolutely. Um, on your journey, uh, did you have someone um, such as like maybe coaches uh, or other people who you specifically brought into your life proactively? Uh, mm. What did it take and uh, how did it come to be? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, have a, I have a coach and I still use him because like I said, we, I will always have a coach and a mentor uh, because I'm always growing and there's always a next level to get to. Um, and if I didn't have one, I'd feel like a hypocrite. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the, my coach, uh, Jeremy, who, who's really been a good, uh, a, amazing help and good kind of guide with everything. Um, I forget we connected, I think on social media and it just kind of a relationship grew, a friendship grew from it. Uh, and so I just invest into him to invest into me. Um, I've sought out 
business professionals in my area um, and ask them to meet for breakfast or meet for coffee just to pick their brain um, because I wanted to learn from them and uh, getting in sort of like networking groups to, to learn from others as well has been, has been a cool kind of impact. So they're out there just, I would seek it. You got to seek, seek for that wisdom, seek for that knowledge. And, and there's many forms. Obviously you can invest in a coach and pay. You can look for mentors who will freely give. Um, and all of those I think are needed. Cool. Uh, that gets me to the uh, other question. What strategies helped you uh, to find uh, the right people? So what was like, yeah. what did you look for? How did you understand uh, where to try to look for them and as well as who to pick? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's, it's a hard one because like I, I, I seek that. Like um, I, part of my, my like routine is help me to find this or help me to see or figure out how to do this or whatnot. And so it's it almost like they found me kind of like just I don't believe in coincidences and so things happened were brought together through groups like I, I I'm in or I was a board member for one organization and I'm a board member at another one now still and, and just meeting people through that led to some of the business mentors um, and so I think just just being the best you can doing the right things and just looking to network, connect with people because we're we're made to be in community. Uh, we're made to have relationship relationships with one another and build up one another. Um, so so I think that just kind of attracts those people together and puts you in situations and places that you can meet those kind of people, um, and then just talk with them. And, and depending on on your value system and and the values of your business, you'll you'll kind of just know when you're like, oh wow, that guy's he's in line with, he's doing kind of what I want to do. Like I look at, I look up to him. I would love to talk to him and just reach out. A lot of people on that level uh, are more than happy to share, which has been a cool thing. Mm, very interesting. It goes in line with this idea where it's not just about being in the right place at the right time, but also seeing the opportunity and mm-hmm. taking action, being able to Big. seize it, right? Taking action. That's the, that's probably the most crucial thing you just said right there. All of it's good. But taking at we've got to take action. We've got to reach out. We've got to do that no matter what. Tell me a little bit more about the perspective. I believe for many it can be uh, they just need to hear it from a person who experienced it. Um, you said a crucial thing. I hundred percent learned that from my experience as well. Uh, people on a high level are willing to gift you their time and wisdom. Mm-hmm. How? Like, what did you experience through your journey? Yeah, I've had multiple people uh, that I've reached out to. Um, one in particular, I remember connecting, meeting, connecting, and uh, he was a success- successful business owner. And I was like, I'm sure he has a lot of knowledge that he could share with me. And so we had already kind of kind of built a relationship. We've talked, we had talked multiple times. And I just wow. reached out to one day. What could, like, uh, in terms of yeah. for people to better understand the, the perspective, uh, mm-hmm. what do you mean by we've met and talked? Like, is it a, where you for were sure. in a group and like in comments or what was that about? So, so him, this, this gentleman in particular started at church. And so I got, I'm big involved in church and stuff. And so that grew into being a board member of the church, which she was a part of as well. And so we were able to build that relationship there. And then after uh, we moved on, 
from that, uh, I just reached out to him and kept talking with him. And then one day I was like, Hey, uh, you have a lot of knowledge. I would love to, to sit down buy breakfast and, and just kind of pick a brand. And it it turned into a, a continuous thing for a while. Um, and then that season was over. Um, COVID helped a little bit with that. Uh, but yeah, just, just get involved with things. You meet so many people that way, whether it be chamber of commerce, um, whether it be organizations, church, or not-for-profit, not-for-profits, places you can volunteer, um, online networking things you can be a part of. You meet so many people. And, and again, just the outreach thing. Like I've met so many people just engaging online that no, they don't need my service, but we built somewhat of a friendship that I can go and, Hey, I have this idea or what do you think? Uh, from your perspective and and then they asked me stuff about podcasting and 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 leveling up kind of personal development things and so it's all about you you meet so many people and a lot of been podcast guests on my show and man it's really cool just who you can meet by just asking yeah that's wonderful like truly the core thing about connecting with the right people and reaching out is just being fearless about actually taking that action and yep. reaching out and not taking uh, no personally because no right. doesn't necessarily mean no forever. It can right. mean no at this second and you can reach out again. And yep. another thing is that uh, not just being fearful about uh, who they are or, or what level they're on. As long right. as uh, you're able to genuinely approach, not from a perspective of using that person, but connecting with them and respecting yep. them, then yep. you are in a super highly um, well-positioned uh, situation where they will affirmatively say, yeah, okay, sure, invite me to lunch or let's yep. let's take a coffee break or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and wonderful. try to add value in those too. Like, and whatever that is, maybe it's, um, you, you produce some social media content for them that fits their brand. Hey, I just made these. I thought you might like them. Here you go. No, don't worry. I just wanted, I'm just trying that out. Or maybe it's, you just share their stuff and connect and engage with it. Um, you're still giving, making that connection before you ask. It's the same kind of thing. Just, just try to give how you can, um, the best you can before you ask for. Very nice. All right, so let's wrap today's conversation up with a final question. What advice will you give to listeners on what they can do right now to make the most out of 2021 for their business? Figure out what you want to happen in 2021. Figure it out, write it down. What is that goal? And then reverse engineer it to figure out what you need to do daily, weekly, monthly to get there. That would be the first two steps. The third one, then start taking action. Stop making excuses and start taking action. Um, and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's, it's going to be hard, uh, just like working out or running to try to improve. You're going to be sore. Same thing with building a business. Same thing with trying to accomplish something and do something new. It's going to stretch you and it's going to feel uncomfortable. And, and uh, I say it, I've said it multiple times, but my favorite quote is, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Mm. 
So we've got to do things. We got to do hard things daily to grow, mm-hmm. to improve, to get the results we want. Uh, and that's what I would leave for people going into 2021. Beautiful. And one last question in mm-hmm. the field of podcasting, what mm-hmm. would you recommend uh, in 2021? Just make sure you're, you're giving out good quality and it, and it lined with who your audience is. So good content um, and just connect with people and share it. Like, Hey, I see you do this. I had an episode that kind of goes in that. You might like it. Here it is. Boom. You're not asking for them to sign up for anything or do anything. You're just giving value. Hey, I saw you ask this question in that group about whatever. I actually did an episode and I interviewed this guy talking about that. Maybe it could help you here. Here's the link to it. Um, so you grow out your audience, you'll grow um, your marketing there, but just make sure it's good content, good quality and, and do the best you can. Mm. So the tip is, if I understood correctly, uh, take the content you recorded, understand what value it delivers uh, and through connecting in groups and other places where your target audience is, uh, share with them the episode with a message. Hey, you can get some great value from this episode. You can check it out. And that's your way of serving the community, yeah. right? Yeah, because you're giving you're giving them an actual something they can actually listen to and take and add, and add value to their journey um, and then kind of warming them up to what you do. Wonderful. Thank you, Chris, for being with us. Uh, it was a great episode with uh, a lot of interesting insights. It was wonderful to get to know you. I wish you a blissful and successful 2021. Uh, are there any final words you would like to say to our audience? Yeah, just uh, know your potential. And it's so much more than what you have been programmed to believe. We have so much potential. And people are counting on you to step into that because you're going to make a difference in their lives. Wonderful. Thank you for your time, Chris. Thank and you, Alan. Stay tuned for the next episodes.